irreverent, entertaining, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to our Monday morning internet radio talk show live. I'm Barry Deutsch with Impact Hiring Solutions. We're a retained executive search firm and best practice hiring company. Today we're going to be talking about job search and specifically put putting on your sales hat. How do you come across like a salesperson? What are the best practices that salespeople do to win deals, close engagements, and convince people that they should hire, retain, go to the next step with them? We're going to talk about what those best practices are and how you might apply those in your job search. You can participate in this conversation. All you've got to do is call 818-602-4929. Again, 818-602-4929 to pose a question, to engage. you got a comment, a thought, you'd like to discuss what we're doing. Just call and we'll get you on the air and you can pose that question or thought to us. If you've got call blocking, you must disengage call blocking before you call or it's not going to work. So if you've got call blocking, make sure you hit star 82 before you dial the area code. If you're a little bit shy, reserved, a little bit of introversion, you're uncomfortable posing a question live on the phone, or if you're just in an office environment where it's impossible to pose your question because the cubicles have, quote, ears, you can send us an email with your question or thought at info, I-N-F-O, at ImpactHiringSolutions.com. Again, info at ImpactHiringSolutions.com. Either way, whether you call in or you send an email note, we're going to do our best to to try to get your question or or topic up on on the call. Okay, let's talk about what some of the best practices are that highly capable, highly successful salespeople employ uh, in their day-to-day activity. And and let me just step back for a minute. I mean, my partner Brad and I have each been doing executive search now for about 25 years, a quarter of a century. We've probably done jointly over a 1,000 executive search assignments. We've probably put over 30,000 hiring managers, executives, uh, CEOs through our uh, one or another of our webinars or in-house management training programs in that period of time. And between Brad and I, I'm going to say we've either phone interviewed, screened, evaluated well over 100,000 candidates in that period of time and probably looking at something like four to five million resumes. So we've got a lot of – we've done a lot of research, a lot of studies. We've written a book on the subject. You can try one of our book online um, and then see if you like it. There's no obligation. You can read chapters, excerpts from it. We've got a wealth of free resources on our website. I'm going to talk specifically about what some of those look like as we as we cycle through our program today that will help you in, the, in, the, in this process. Okay, so we, long story short, we've, we've met a lot of candidates. A third of our business practice is in very senior level executive sales, sales management, uh, sales executives. And, and we've seen over a quarter of a century that there are really a few 
key best practices that the very best salespeople employ in being successful. They're also the same things that top caliber candidates employ and use to get great opportunities. And as I said, we've done a lot of research, a lot of studies on this. And let me take you back a little bit in history of how a lot of this emerged. I've been doing this for 25 years. First, after about eight years of doing this, my partner and I stepped back and we said, something seems really strange here about this whole process of how people get jobs. It seems like the ones who do the best job at preparing their documents, research, having questions before they go in for the interview, lots of enthusiasm, energy, building quick rapport, uh, demonstrating the ability to, to make a positive first impression. They're the ones who always get the job regardless of their competency, their success, their past accomplishments. And the ones who don't do well in, quote, selling themselves – Either as they prepare, they do their research, they sit down with someone, they're on the phone interview, they languish, they don't get good opportunities, they get the the bottom of the barrel kind of jobs because they never get to the final stage. They never sometimes even get past the first hurdle on great opportunities. So I'm going to give you just a few best practices, four of them to be specific, that if you do these simple things, you don't have to be great at any of these, you just got to do each one. You should start to win opportunities, get invited in for first interviews, ask back for second interviews. You'll find your ratios and metrics if you manage your job search through those. The number of times that you apply that you get a callback, the number of times that you get a callback that you actually get to go out on an interview, and the number of times you get to second interviews and how many times you get offers will go up dramatically. Let's start talking through a few of those. First, one of the key things that the very best sales professionals do, and I really drill into this when I'm interviewing sales professionals, is they plan their work. They've got a networking plan in place. They've got a target plan in place of what companies are going after and the steps they're going to go through to get into those companies. They've got a group participation plan together of what groups, networking groups, trade associations, industry groups are going to join and participate in, how they're going to move through those organizations. They do extraordinary research, hot industries, who are people that are in those industries, what are going on in each of the key companies that they'd like to be a part of, what are the hot sectors to be looking at, and then they use metrics on every single thing they do. How many calls have I made today? What's the ratio of return calls I've gotten? How many of those return calls did I actually get an appointment for? And they track their success in what's known as a classic sales funnel. If you know that on average it takes, let's say, just for purposes of our discussion, 12 interviews to get one second interview, then you've got to be able to manage that. And if you know you've got to apply to 100 jobs before you get those 12 interviews, that starts to set each of those, shall we call them, um, uh, milestones or, or flat, uh, uh, gates on your sales funnel of to get a job offer that you want to take, you've got to start backing up through that sales funnel. The very best sales professionals use those tools to improve at every single gate. Now, let's go back and talk about each one of these separately. So step one that the very best do is they plan their work. 
the first thing they've got in place is a networking plan. What does a networking plan look like? Well, it includes what social networking sites do I want to be online? Do I have a profile filled out on all the major sites that is complete as possible? Have I got a complete profile filled out on LinkedIn? Do I have a complete profile filled out on Twitter, Facebook, some of the other major social networking sites, Plaxo? Okay? So there's probably a half a dozen to a dozen of these that you want to have your background, your profile, all the appropriate data. You want to make sure that people can find you if they're searching for someone like you. For example, Google now has something called a Google profile. I'm wondering how many people on this call have filled out to the very best of their ability their Google profile. So if I had your name and I searched for you or I searched for someone with your capability, would you pop up? on Google Profile. That's the first step. The second step is to then, what do I want to do on those sites? This is still your your whole online strategy. What, what do I want to post on Twitter? Do I want to be posting, reposting what other people do, which is called retweeting, which is a very one-third of what most people do? Do I want to be putting up some original content, asking questions, offering ideas for discussion, and engaging with others? That's a significant part. Do I want to be sharing links about unique information if I'm in the financial management field? Is there a wealth of things I could share with my network around financial management? Those are are three of the, the areas. And the bigger your network, the more opportunities, the more people are going to want to help you, the more you're going to be able to hear about things. I'm going to suggest that a typical network on Twitter that can begin to generate a high volume of activity is probably in the thousand plus follower category. On LinkedIn, it's probably in the 500 plus category. On Facebook, you're probably in the 500 to thousand plus category as followers, links, fans, however you set up your your group or, or, or your link or profile. Another thing is, do you want to, as part of your networking plan, do you want to write a blog about your expertise? Um, one, of the, I, one of the things I do is I coach high school uh, basketball. And one of the former coaches I worked with that had left a number of years ago and is now looking for another coaching assignment has created a name for himself, has personally branded himself through writing about skill development on a blog, and then he sends that out to everybody he knows. He's hearing about great opportunities. Then he takes those blog postings and he advertises those on Twitter. Twitter. Then he puts those up on uh, Facebook. So there's all sorts of opportunities to take content, information, share what other people have done through your research, and share it with your network. The key about networking is the more you engage with the people you're connected to, the more they're going to see you at the forefront of their mind, the more you're personally branding yourself as an expert, a capable person in doing what you do do, a top 10% individual. You're coming to the attention of hiring managers and recruiters because all this stuff gets indexed on Google. And one of the things that employers now do in addition to posting ads is they do extensive internet searches on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook, through Google. Are you making yourself available? Are you being visible? I'm fond of of yelling at the top of my voice during a basketball game at our girls that are playing at the high school level. Make yourself visible. Show yourself. Make sure your teammates can see you. It's the same thing in networking. You've got to be visible to your network.
Okay, So you want to have a plan. What sites are you going to be on? How active are you going to be? What are your goals through those sites? How much time are you going to spend today? Because many of these can be an enormous time waster. Are you going to spend 15 minutes twice a day? Are you going to spend an hour? I probably spend two hours on social networking and social media sites because I manage two, Brad and I manage two different blogs. We've got extensive followers. We run five discussion groups on LinkedIn. And so there's an enormous amount of updating, activity, answering questions, participating, engaging with people. If you're going to do these things, you can't just ignore when people send you email messages or, or respond to your questions. Other parts of your networking plan include what are you going to do offline? How are you going to track people? What tools are you going to use? How often are you going to engage with them? Do you want to send an email blast out every two weeks? Do you want to write personal notes every three weeks? How many calls are you going to make on a daily basis? How much time are you going to spend doing research? So your networking plan should have every single activity you're going to do broken down into day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month increments. And there should be some major initiatives of things you're constantly doing that you haven't done yet. I mean, The reality is when you do a job search, there are hundreds of things that you could do. You're not going to have time to do them all. What are the things that fit best with who you are and how can you leverage your time to get the biggest bang for the biggest buck unless you fill out a plan and you stick to it and you manage it and then you every week you say am I getting what I need to be done in this if not I got to go back and revise and change it all right so that's one strategy a second strategy is to have a target plan in place what companies am I going to go after what hiring managers do I want to connect with who's not in my network now that I would like to have in my network? Who are the influencers and connectors that they have extensive networks that I would like them to be part of my network? Your plan should include a target plan, which is how am I going to go to that person? Who's going to refer me to that individual? How am I going to get on their radar screen? How am I going to engage with them in my network? Could be the direct hiring manager. It could be a peer a person of the hiring manager you want to be talking to at a potential company. It could be a third-party recruiter like Barry Deutsch that you know you're not going to get to me by sending a blind resume or making a cold call, but how do you figure out who you know that might know me that might call me up and say, hey, you should really be talking to Bob. He's a great guy. Well, if I get a referral like that, I'm going to pick up the phone right away and talk to Bob or take your call. So a target plan of who you want to talk to and when you want to talk to them and the steps you're going to do to get in front of them. Again, we're talking about the first step of, of what great sales professionals do to be successful and how you apply these in your job search. The first part is planning your work. Number four in this category, research. You should be spending at least an hour a day researching in your geography If you're conducting a national search, it's the same thing. What are the hot sectors? What are the news about the companies that you're looking to get into? What are the latest trends and issues going on in your field? Who's writing about those? Who are the experts in those fields? What kind of news items are being published about the CEO, president, vice president of operations, if you're a material manager at the companies you'd like to be part of? Are you setting up Google alerts that when information comes up about that company, 
that person something in your specialty or unique competency, you get an alert on it and you can act on it, either by sending an email to someone, following up, using it in an interview, sending it to the potential hiring manager of a role that's open saying, hey, I thought you might be interested in seeing something like this. So you got to be spending some significant time each day. I'm going to suggest it's about an hour really doing research that's on a number of dimensions, one of which is the company level, what's going on with the companies you want to be part of in your geography. Number two, the individual managers and executives that would be involved in the kind of hiring of someone like yourself. And then number three, the trends and issues that are facing the functional or industry specialization of the area that you want to be in. And then finally, a key component of planning your work and working your plan, it's the old trite saying in you know, sales management, is numbers count. What are your targets? I want to be within three months, I want to have 2,000 followers on uh, Twitter that are all related or tangentially related to the kind of work I do. 2,000 followers that are just random people sending spam out are going to be completely irrelevant and worthless. It's the target market. I want to be on LinkedIn and I want to have 250 CEOs, presidents of companies in Southern California that might potentially hire a CFO or controller. So set specific targets. Give yourself dates. Many of you might be familiar with our hiring methodology called the success factor methodology where we share in that methodology that the number one reason hiring fails and the number one reason retention fails is expectations aren't clearly and precisely defined and written down. It's the same thing in job search. We actually take a slight variation on our hiring process, and we call it the career success methodology. And one of the key components of that is setting appropriate, time-based, quantifiable metrics, standards, goals, and objectives for what you want to accomplish in your job search. And then the second piece of what I'll call numbers count it is using actual metrics to determine, am I being successful? If I make 100 calls and nobody returns my call, it's not going to do me any good to make another 100 calls. I better figure out why am I not getting any results. Is it the message I'm leaving? Is it the time I'm leaving the message? Is it the, the tone I'm using? Am I not following up with an email or a direct mail piece to that hiring manager? What are the fundamental reasons why I'm not achieving the success I'm looking for? Okay, so how do you figure out what success you should get? Well, this is going to lead us to, to one of our next steps, but which is group participation. The only way you're going to find out what other successful people are doing and the metrics that they set and what success they're seeing is by engaging with others, conducting a similar job search to what you're conducting. So if you want to know for, for the number of calls I make in my network, for the number of emails I send out, what should be my expected response rate of job leads or job referrals on a weekly basis? I can't tell you what that is, but if you talk to enough other financial manager professionals like yourself, other sales managers, CEOs in Des Moines, Iowa, who are looking for a similar job as yourself, you'll start to discover what are they finding? What's their experience? What are the things that they're doing? What kind of success are they generating? So the fifth thing that you should have in this process is what I'll call a group participation plan. 
What are the networking groups and professional groups you want to be part of as you go through your job search? What roles would you like to hold in those groups? Because it doesn't do any good to just join a group. You, got, you must get to a leadership committee chair, uh, visible role where people can see you and want to engage with you. If you're just what I call – I wrote a, a, a blog entry not too long ago called Are You Being Beige? Well, beige essentially meaning are you full, fading into the light woodwork? Are you disappearing? Are you invisible to others? You got to make yourself visible. And that means if you're doing a job search right now, you should be a member of one significant local networking group by which that group generates a substantial number of referrals among the members for the kinds of roles that you're seeking. So, for example, my partner Brad Remillard in Orange County, California, runs a group called the AASE, the American Association of Senior Executives, that are C-level executives, presidents, CEOs, COOs, functional department heads at a vice presidential level, at uh, you know vice president of manufacturing, vice president of sales, and they hear of opportunities that they're not interested in. But if I'm a VP of sales. And I'm, and I'm trying to get into a company, but they don't have a VP sales job open, but I hear that their CFO position is open, I can come back and share that with all the other CFOs, controllers, vice presidents of finance in the networking group I'm part of. So you should at least belong in your local community to one related networking group. The second thing I'm going to suggest is you should also belong to a functional group for your area of specialty or your industry focus. So if you're a material manager, you should belong to the local chapter of the uh, American Production Inventory Control Society, known as APICS. If you're an HR director, you should belong to SHRM and attend their meetings. If you're uh, a marketing manager, you probably want to find the local chapter of MANG, the Marketing Executive Networking Group. And in almost every community across this country, there are functional and industry specializations, groups that hold dinner meetings, lunch meetings. People come together. They network. Sometimes even there's an informal individual who holds the role of matching company opportunities with members of the group who are looking for opportunities. So the last one is you should do something with a significant community-based organization. A nonprofit, a civic organization, it could be the Zoning Commission, it might be Make-A-Wish Foundation, could be the, the Heart Association, the Cancer Society. Get involved. Get to know others. Try to rise up through the organization. Find out who the board members are. You'll find that sometimes your best networking comes from doing things that you get a lot of personal pride and enjoyment from. But that's not the reason you join the group. But the side benefit is you start to meet and engage with others who could help you. For example, over the years, one of the big areas that I've been involved in is both in leadership and fundraising for the local YMCA in our community. And I didn't do it to network. I did it because I enjoy that organization, the things they stand for. I've, I've over the years, I've been the uh, head of the Indian Guide Program. Many of you might be familiar with that when you were five, you know, six, seven years old. I've done a lot of work around fundraising, and I've met some wonderful people, some of which I've actually gotten business from, some of which have given me referrals, and that I've given referrals to. So 
those three areas, specialty group, a generic networking group, and a civic organization. And you'll be amazed at once you start to do this, you put your networking plan together, you set your target plan, you have a group participation plan, you start spending an hour a day on research, and then you track everything with metrics, standards, objectives, you'll find you'll begin to achieve some extraordinary results. That's the whole idea behind planning your work. Let's take just a moment. Let me let me step back for a moment because some new folks may have joined us since we started our call. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, this is LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Barry Deutsch of Impact Hiring Solutions. We're a retained executive search firm and best practices hiring company. Every Monday between 11 and noon, we talk about job, job search, job hunting, interviewing, developing resumes, networking, personal branding. We also alternate these calls every other Monday focused on hiring managers of how to define talent, hire talent, source, conduct great interviews. If you're interested in participating in our call today, you can call us and pose a question, a thought, an idea you have. That number is 818-602-4929. Again, 818-602-4929. If you have call blocking, make sure you turn blocking off before you dial the number, before you hit the area code by hitting star 82. And once again, if you're a little bit shy, reserved, you're in an environment where it's uncomfortable to make the call and ask the question, you could send us your question or thought through email at info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com. And we'll try our best to get your question uh, posed on the air. There is a wealth of information on our website about job search, job hunting. We post every one of these broadcasts up on the site um, in our free audio library. They're available typically the following day. Um, You can go on and look at that library now on our website, and you'll see all of our past shows. We've done shows on uh, personality assessments, uh, working with a career coach, how to engage with recruiters. We've done shows on personal branding, how to most effectively leverage your network. You're welcome to take those, download them, listen to them. Um, within a couple of days, they're also going to all be distributed through our um, uh, unique place on uh, the iTunes site if you've got a uh, an iPod and you'd like to listen to it through that source. In addition, we have a wealth of resources about uh, particularly – our book, and our job search kit that goes into incredible detail on how to do each of these steps, preparing your networking plan, joining groups, doing research, and all the other steps that I'm about to talk about. Um, We have audio programs, templates, exercises, and probably most importantly is a workbook that guides you step-by-step through this entire process. You can find those listed under our uh, candidate section of our website in the product catalog. In addition, there's some services that we provide that you might want to check out. A few of them include resume review, networking plan review. Do you have an adequate network in place? Is the plan you have and that you've written to leverage that network to generate an abundance of job referrals and job leads, is it adequate? So you could take a look at that and and, um, look at those assessment tools. All right, let's jump to step two. Step two is being well prepared 
for sales efforts. The very best sales professionals, sales executives are always well prepared before they begin to engage with others. Do you have all your documents lined up? And by documents, I mean, have you prepared, have you taken your resume to the level of it is truly a personal branding statement? It is a compelling document that when someone reads it who's got an opening or they've heard of an opening for someone like you, they are going to have instant recognition that you are one of the best people for that. Or have you done taken a few minutes, slapped together a traditional resume that lists experiences, responsibilities, duties, maybe you got one or two metrics or, or, or quantification in there, and you're wondering what's happening with it. Why don't people get excited about it? In fact, this might be a great time to um, uh, take one of the questions that got sent us sent into us by email. And I'm reading a question that Todd from Boston sent in, and he said, I just don't seem to get very many interviews. I send my resume out a lot. I'm answering a ton of ads. Why am I not getting phone calls to schedule interviews? And I'm going to suggest, Todd, that the, probably the dominant reason is that the quality of the document that you've prepared isn't catching people's eyes. They're not becoming engaged. You have about 10 seconds or less on that traditional document we call a resume to grab someone's attention like you're smacking them right between the eyes with a brick and saying, sit up, stop whatever you're doing, take notice, there's something really special here. Is it so compelling that I have to reach for the phone and immediately call you? And if your document doesn't do that, the document you're trying to do to get people to call you, it's almost like a direct mail piece, then you got to go back and make it more compelling. I'm not suggesting you lie, you exaggerate, you embellish. I'm talking about taking whatever you've done, what you've achieved, your unique set of skills, the competencies you bring, how you could help other companies, and presenting that in a format that is so shocking, exciting, outrageous, and compelling that potential hiring managers and people in your network are going to sit up and take notice of it. And if you don't have a document that does that, your percentage of getting calls to interview is going to be minimal to insignificant. What are some of the other documents that you should have in this process? Well, other documents before you even begin your job search should include an elevator pitch. What's the 30-second pitch you're going to make when someone says to you, what are you looking for? Tell me about yourself. What are those 30 seconds in an elevator, networking meeting, luncheon meeting, breakfast seminar that you've attended that you're going to say that captures the essence of who you are and what you can do? You must have a 30-second elevator pitch, an elevator talk to share with people when you first meet them. I also suggest that you create a series of standard responses and letters that will thank people for making you a referral. Immediately after contacting someone or someone joins your network or invites you to be part of your network, you should be able to send them a note. There should be some standard framework that you use so you're not retyping this whole thing every time. You might have a dozen to two dozen of these. You want to be able to be armed with the right information so that when you do go into an interview, 
you're well prepared. Most candidates I meet are not well prepared for interviews. One of the problems is when you walk into an interview, hiring managers are going to expect you to have done your research, understood who the competitors are, what are the major problems and issues perhaps facing that role, that function, that that industry segment. Have you researched the company founders? Have you gone to the company website? Have you pulled up articles on the company, on their competitors, on the kind of products they sell? Do you have a whole series of questions based upon that research? hundred thousand candidates that Brad and I have met over the last quarter of a century, I would tell you that less than one or two percent do an adequate amount of research before they go into an interview. The other kind of interview that you interview preparation you're going to want to do is you're going to rehearse and polish and refine and fine tune the examples that you're going to share with people, whether it's on the phone or in person. Most candidates that Brad and I meet do what I call wing an interview. Oh, let me just go in and I'll just start talking to this person. And then they wonder why they never got invited in for the physical interview. They never got asked back for a second interview. You should have your stories. They should have a specific structure. They should be engaging. They should pull the interviewer in. They should uh, be able to extract from the interviewer the key results. They should tie to the interviewer's pain and expectations what you've done that's most comparable. They should be just enough information to engage and excite without coming across as boring, pedantic, um, and too long in length. There's a specific structure for that. We actually have a acronym, tool, methodology to structure your responses. You can get that through our job search kit. There's templates on our website to be able to do that. We talk about that extensively. I'd urge you to go to our website, look in the free resources section. Again, listen to some of the, the auto programs that are available for free. Look at some of the tools that we've got in our catalog. This is too important of a step to actually get to the stage, be invited to go to an interview, and blow it because you didn't do adequate pre-work. You didn't prepare. I'm going to suggest you're looking at 20 to 40 hours of preparation of going through your examples. Are you getting the right points across? Are you making sure that in every example you share with a hiring manager, you're, you're portraying your level of proactivity and initiative? Is there a question on the end of every one of those? What points are you trying to get across? How do you work those into the interview? Do you practice this in front of families and friends? Do you tape record it? Do you video record it? How do you come across? Does it have a lot of energy, enthusiasm, and excitement? Okay, step three. So first step was planning your work. Second step was being well-prepared. Step three is the actual interview or what sales professionals might call the presentation. One of the most important things that you can do on the presentation is first establish rapport. You must, within 10 seconds to one minute, build a strong first impression. Now, now personally, as a recruiter, I think first impressions are stupid because many people make errors in judgment based on either liking or disliking someone in 10 seconds. 
My personal bias aside, unfortunately, that's the way it works. Studies have been done over the last 20 years that show 80% or more of a decision to hire or move forward with a candidate is based on first impressions, personal rapport, likability. And so you got to come across as real likable in the first few minutes of the conversation. And there's some basics around this. You have to look someone in the eyes. You have to shake their hand firmly. You have to dress for success. You have to look the part of a strong professional. And then you've got to immediately engage. You've got to be friendly, warm, affable. You've got to show a lot of enthusiasm, energy. A wealth of books have been written on this subject. I urge you to practice the first moment of meeting someone new. How do you shake their hand? How do you come across? How do you engage with them? What's the first question you're going to ask? If that falls flat, what's the second question? How do you pull them in to want to start talking with you right off the bat? It sounds trite to say that, but again, 80 to 90% of the decision to move forward with someone in the hiring process is based on those first few seconds. And some people make that decision even quicker. Step two of the interviewer presentation is what we'll call solution selling. And the very best people do this, very best sales professionals. They don't try to sell why am I better than someone else. They don't try to sell features. They don't try to convince someone of their skills or their competency. They don't go through a long laundry list of here's the places I've been. What they do is they want to find out what's your pain, Mr. Hiring Manager. What are the problems you've got? What are the two or three things that if I could join your organization in a year might no longer be there? Is your problem around sales? Is it in margin? Is it in costs or too high? Is your last two major marketing executions failed miserably? Once I understand what your pain is, then I can relate my specific experience, background, competencies, and accomplishments to that. Otherwise, it's like the proverbial shotgun approach where I'm just spraying a bunch of pellets all over the place, hoping you'll fall in love with me, but I I don't know because I'm just randomly shooting bullets all over. You want to be much more targeted. You want to understand precisely and exactly what it is, the problems, the issues, the opportunities, the frustrations they have. This is called solution selling. You have to extract this data before you can begin to make your pitch. One of the easiest ways to do this is that before the interview starts, the hiring manager executive is probably going to ask you what I call one or two of these stupid, canned, interview, inane, silly questions that everybody for the last, I don't know, since cave people appeared, have asked this question. And they sound like this. Tell me about yourself. Why are you here today? What do you think you could do for us? So so you've got to kind of buy into this process. You're going to take a couple of minutes. You're going to answer that question. And immediately upon finishing it, you should come right back and start to get it. What's the pain? What's the solution sell? There's a great book you should read. And it's called, it's one of my favorites. It's almost like a Bible on my bookshelf. And the title of the book is called Spin Selling. 
And it's about how to extract information from the hiring manager, the person you're selling to, the executive, to figure out what are their pain points, what are the issues that you should be talking about. The last piece of the interview or presentation should be your enthusiasm and energy level. Some people are a little low-key. They're nervous. They're uptight. This is why you've got to practice it. You can hear my passion, my energy, my excitement in just talking about these subjects. You have to come across in the same way in the interview. You've got to get turned on. You've got to get excited. If you come across in a soft, mundane, tired, low-key kind of voice, I'm going to make assumptions about you. Again, it's not necessarily the right assumption, but I'm going to think you're not very confident. You have low self-esteem. You're not, you don't have much energy. You're not going to bring much enthusiasm and excitement to this job. <laughs> Interview over. Selling, there's an old sort of trite phrase in selling that says, selling is 80 to 90% a transference of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Again, I'll say, I'll say that once more. Selling is 80 to 90% a transference of enthusiasm. When you get excited, turned on, passionate, engaged about what you're talking about, it's a natural thing for the hiring manager to do the same. They're gonna, you'll see them lean in. They'll get excited about what you're talking about. They'll want to start asking you questions. If you come across low-key, mundane, talking in a slow low, almost quiet voice, they're going to lean back, their eyes will start to close, they'll be bored out of their mind. They haven't heard a word you're going to say. So you have to practice this. You have to ask your friends, your family members, are they getting excited about what you're talking about? Okay, once again, let's take a little step backwards. Some of uh, We may have had some new folks join us. We have one more section to cover about uh, what the best salespeople do and how you put your sales hat on in the interview process. If you're wondering what we're talking about, this is LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Barry Deutsch of Impact Hiring Solutions. We're a retained executive search firm and best practices hiring company. We do these internet radio talk shows every Monday between 11 and noon where we talk about job search, job hunting, resumes, networking, personal branding, how to find the very best opportunities. And we, all, we alternate for hiring managers on how to find, hire, define, extract information from candidates. Today we're talking about job search and putting on your sales hat in the search process. If you'd like to participate in our program today, you have a question, a thought you'd like to share, you're welcome to call in at 818-602-4929. Again, 818-602-4929. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're in an environment where it's a little difficult to talk, awkward, uncomfortable, you can send us an email with your question or thought to info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com, and we'll try our best in the next few minutes to get your question aired. As I mentioned earlier, there is an extraordinary wealth of information that we provide to candidates conducting a job search. We have each of these radio shows that are posted on our website in our free audio library under our candidate tab on our website. 
We've done shows on networking, referrals, resumes. We've talked about personal branding, whether you should use a career coach. Um, We have a whole list of webinars and talk radio shows that you can look up on our schedule. Every week we tackle a different subject. On Fridays, we run an open forum for candidates where you can uh, post questions. It's like an open teleconference, uh, sort of an open mic kind of call. You can look at the dates that we're doing those. We have a free resources section where we have templates, forms, examples, illustrations, white papers, and you're welcome to go download, uh, extract those. We have two major sections where we have a wealth of our content on audio programs, workbooks, tools, templates. We have it in a product catalog under our candidate tab. And then we provide a series of services, resume review, networking strategy plan development, um, ongoing monthly coaching. And you're welcome to look at those and how those are described. I I won't belabor that one. Lastly, we're very active on Twitter. We're active on Facebook. Brad and I have extensive followings on LinkedIn. I suggest you connect to us and see the types of things we're posting, how we're personally branding ourselves, how we're using our tools in our practice, our executive search practice, that you could apply to your job search exactly the same way. In addition, finally, I'd like to mention that on LinkedIn, Brad and I facilitate a job search discussion group that covers these subjects and many more. There's almost 2,000 people in that group. It's a vibrant uh, group that's constantly posting questions, updates, articles to share. I'd urge you to join that group. Again, it's under the header Impact Hiring Solutions, and we call it our Job Search Discussion uh, Group. Okay, let's tackle the last one of our How do you put on your sales hat and do the things that the very best sales professionals do, the best practices? The final step is follow-up after the interview. I am stunned by the number of candidates that don't follow up. Every time you meet a hiring manager, you should get a business card. You should call back and find out what you should get their email address if it's in a phone interview and immediately fire off a note about the discussion. Thanking them, reinforcing one or two key points, talking about how you're looking forward to joining their company, you're looking forward to the next step in the process. If you don't send a thank you note, I can almost guarantee you're not going to be asked back for another round. It's a basic common courtesy. I also urge you to do while you're waiting to hear back whether you're going to get another interview is to send relevant information to that hiring manager. Did you remember the research I talked about in step two, being well prepared? Okay, I'm sorry, in step one, Googling the industry, the hiring manager, doing search on Microsoft Bing, whatever it is, setting up Google alerts. Oh, Bob, I just saw this article about a unique twist on using Excel for managing cost reduction projects. I thought you'd be interested in seeing it. I've attached the link for you. They're going to be blown away that you sent them something like that. Now, you don't have to do this every day, but you want to stay top of mind, top of presence. So whoever you connect with in your network, in your groups, 
that you join, people you come across, you add to your network, potential hiring managers, folks you've interviewed with, you're going to want to engage by sending them content, information, articles you've written, you've published, the blog you're, you're doing. By the way, everybody should be writing a blog. If you're not writing a blog, it, it, it's almost a no-brainer today. And talking about your expertise, the value you can bring to a company, uh, reposting things from other people, you're missing a great opportunity. Following up after the interview, the other thing that you can do is network, look on LinkedIn, look in Facebook, go onto Twitter. Who are other people from those same companies that might or, or have worked with the potential hiring managers you'd like to work with? Who knows that person? How are they connected? Do, do you know someone that goes to the same church as the hiring manager's administrative assistant? Um, do you know that the uh, hiring manager that you'd like to connect with is the membership chair of the professional association of the association you belong to, but you've never attended one of their dinner meetings in the local community. Find out how are people connected? What's the interactions? Now we're kind of coming full circle. Now we tie back to, do you have an adequate network? Do you have the right people in your network? Are you connected to those individuals? Are you engaging with them over time? That's you got to constantly be working in that network because you're now going to use that network and leverage that network after you've even done your interview. And then the, the last piece that's, that's sort of related to that, it's a little bit of an overlap, as I call it, going back door. It's you've heard of the opportunity, a recruiter has presented you to the company, they've talked about it with you, you know who the company is, you know what the role is, you've seen it advertised. How do you get to that hiring manager? Well, you have to find out who are the other executives, who are the other staff, are there people that used to work in that company that no longer work in that company, how are they connected to you on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Plaxo, the other social networking sites, are your relationships one or two degrees away? Can you get those people to carry your candidacy forward, to pick up the proverbial flag and, and start moving it forward for you? Would they be willing to walk your resume into the hiring manager? Oh, human resources decided not to present your background. Perhaps you could go into Jigsaw or Zoom Info, get the email address of that hiring manager executive and send them a personal email. You might follow that up with a phone call. Then you might get one or two of your connections in your network to call that hiring manager, send them an email, send them the resume. And before you know it, six, seven, eight different hits are coming at that hiring manager about you. Let's see. They got your resume in a stack. You sent them a direct email. You've personally called them. Uh, two of the friends that you know that work in the company but not in the finance department walked your resume over to the hiring manager and said that they should talk to you. Um, you found that the hiring manager executive belongs to a professional um, association group and you met them at one of their local dinner chapter meetings. And before you know it, your name keeps popping up. This is the way you attack the hidden job market. This is the way you get to the stage of through seven eight 
nine, ten different ways of coming at the hiring manager, you're the primary candidate that keeps popping to the top of their list. Just answering ads and crossing your fingers, hoping something falls into your lap, is the proverbial definition of insanity that Albert Einstein or Benjamin Franklin, you know, gets attributed to both those guys, uh, 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 came up with a long time ago. You got to do something different. If you want to start winning opportunities, being asked back for a second interview, being invited in for a physical interview, off the phone interview, winning a great job opportunity, you've got to do something different. Brad and I believe you've got to put your sa- put on your sales hat and do the things that are best practices that the very best sales professionals do to win jobs engagements to get the big deals and to propel their careers forward and those have four key significant best practices number one they plan their work and in planning their work they look at their networking plan their target plan their group participation plan they do research and then they track their success by recognizing numbers do count they're well prepared before they begin their sales efforts. They've got all their appropriate documents lined up of their compelling statement of work. They've got examples and illustrations of what they've done in their accomplishments. They've got an elevator speech put together. They've got form letters, standard letters, emails that they can send to people that they network with and engage with. They have practiced, rehearsed, refined, and taken to a level of precision the whole interview and presentation they're going to make when they get in front of someone. How to quickly establish rapport and build a first impression. They understand deeply the concept of solution selling, which is finding out what the other person's pain is and then relating your experience, capability, and competency to solve that. And they show tremendous passion, enthusiasm, and energy in conveying it. Finally, as we just talked about, they follow up after the interview. They send thank you notes. They follow up by sending relevant material and information. They do good networking to try to see what other connections people may have and how to connect with folks. And then finally, they're always going back door to how do I get to this person other than just responding to the ad or hearing about a job lead. As I said, I'm I'm Barry Deutsch with Impact Hiring Solutions. Brad and I conduct these sessions every Monday. We post these onto our website within 24 hours. There's a wealth of material both in our product and service catalog and in our free resources section that reinforces and goes into lots of detail on each one of these specific areas. We hope to see you in our LinkedIn discussion group or when you connect to us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And if you've got a question that you didn't have a chance to ask during the course of this call, feel free to send it to Brad and I at info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com. We'd like to wish you much success. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions. Listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio.